Welcome to evening worship here at Broadway Baptist Church. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 39. This here is the third part of a sermon series on going through the life of Joseph. On Sunday nights, we are looking at how God used this unlikely favored son of Jacob with a greater purpose of saving all the Hebrew people and preparing for the exodus. And I believe for us, tonight's message is so important because it's going to teach us how to flee sexual immorality. Do we live in a sexual immoral culture? Do you ever feel like you live in Potiphar's house? Do you ever feel like you don't know how to respond in certain situations? Everywhere you go, you're being, you're being sold, you're being told you should view certain people, you should think certain thoughts based on this. And I think what we see in the principle of Joseph is he maintained his commitment to God. Purity is really the fundamental issue we see with Joseph's life. He made a commitment to the Lord in knowing that he was committed to his master, Potiphar. And he knew if he was committed to those two, the person he worked for and the Lord, he was going to maintain his purity. Purity is absolutely possible. Purity is one where even when you live in Egypt, like Joseph lived in, you can maintain your purity as well. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 39. Many of you who were listening last Sunday night saw well, Pastor, last week we were in chapter 37. Why don't we skip chapter 38? Chapter 38 is kind of an excursion. Chapter 38 is a sad story of Judah and Tamar. It has nothing to do with Joseph. It does have to do with, in many ways, the wickedness of Judah and how he was basically fooled and he went out and hired a cult prostitute at the city gates there and got her pregnant. He didn't realize it, but it was his daughter-in-law because his son had died. Do you know Judah had three sons? God killed off. He, he went and married a Canaanite woman and had three boys. The first two, God killed them off because they were so evil in the eyes of the Lord. And that would be a great story opportunity for you to read but really, just it's a kind of a, it's a break from the life and the story of Joseph. So you get back here to uh, Genesis chapter 39, and we're now seeing a young man named Joseph who's faithfully serving the Lord in Potiphar's house. Genesis 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guards, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him here before. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord had made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of the household, and placed all that he owned under his authority. Now remember, Joseph was a slave, 
And Potiphar recognized that the Lord was with this young man. Joseph was sold into slavery when he was 17 years old by his brothers for 20 silver coins. And he ends up here under Potiphar. Potiphar ran all the captain of the guards. He basically was the administrator of Pharaoh's palace. So he's a wealthy man. He's in a position of authority. He's right there, right under Pharaoh. And Joseph is right there serving as his personal attendant. It was kind of like Potiphar recognized, gosh, everything Joseph does seem to be so successful. The man has wisdom. He has character. He has knowledge. I mean, he just really has it together. It's kind of like I, 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 if you, um, I, I've heard coaches describe the way you win in high school sports. Coaching high school sports is different from coaching maybe college or uh, professional sports. The way you win in high school sports is you get whoever your best player is, you give them the ball. They're just playmakers. They're so much better than the other team in many ways in high school sports. If you just give that guy the ball, he can get in the end zone. Whether that means he passes, he runs, he has to make all the tackles, whatever he does. Many ways in high school, some of your players play offense and defense. In fact, I knew a guy who played where we, I went to high school. He was on the football team. His name was Adam. Adam was so good, he played linebacker. Then he turned around and played running back. I mean, the man was on the field all the time. There's nothing illegal playing offense and defense. I'm sure he was very tired, but he's made all the tackles. He made, he made all the touchdowns, and he was just one of those guys. He was incredibly athletic, and coaches win by basically doing that. That's what Potiphar did here with Joseph. He saw this man was talented. He said, why is this guy sitting on the bench? Why is he down with the other slaves? We need him leading and being in charge. He has the integrity. You know, one of the great things about, there's a difference between skill and integrity. Skill can only take you so far. Integrity keeps you there. Because what happens, if you don't have any integrity, if you aren't a righteous person, you might be really skilled, but all of a sudden you're going to get caught. You're going to be exposed. You're going to get tripped up. Well, when you, as you, the higher up you go, your integrity sustains you. That's your trust. That's when people listen and they know, hey, this guy here, I can believe what he says. I trust him. He seems to love the, he appears he loves the Lord. He's a righteous man. And that's what they saw here with Joseph. Joseph was a righteous man, and Potiphar recognized it. Keep going here in your Bibles. Verse 6, look what God's Word says. It says, verse 5, From the time that he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned. In his house and in his fields, he left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Well, that's an easy lifestyle. Wouldn't it be nice? The only thing you do is you wake up every morning and think, what's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. That means he was a good-looking young man, single. This is one of these guys the women were looking at. After some time, his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, 
sleep with me. But he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house. And he has put all that he owns under my authority. No one in his house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil? And how could I sin against God? We see the integrity here of Joseph. He explains, and one of the things about sin, you cannot explain sin. He is explaining to this woman who's asking him to come to bed with him about all the different reasons we cannot do that. That wouldn't be logical. Here, it would break the law. It would be against your master. But most importantly, it would be a sin against the Lord. But people who are sinning, people who are doing whatever they want to do, they do not care about reason and logic. Look what he goes on to say. Verse 10. Although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Now, one day, here's where it happens. One day always occurs and it always comes. He went into the house to do his work. And none of the household servants were there. She grabbed him by his garment and said, Sleep with me. But leaving his garment in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment with her and had run outside, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, my husband brought a Hebrew man to make fools of us. He came to me so he could sleep with me, and I screamed as loud as I could. When he heard me screaming for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. So Joseph left his coat that he was wearing, his garment. He was in the house doing his household duties, cleaning, just caring for the palace. She grabbed him, his coat. He ran away. He fled sexual immorality. And he left his garment. And it goes on to say, verse 19, When his master heard the story, his wife told him, These are the things your slave did to me. He was furious as his Potiphar. And had him thrown into prison, where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in prison. Now Joseph finds himself in prison. He went from being the head person there running the house in the palace. Now he's back down into the prison. What a up and down seesaw in Joseph's life. He starts out caring for sheep. He ends up in a pit. He gets pulled out of the pit, sold into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house as a slave. He promotes himself all the way up to being the main caretaker there for the house. He gets falsely accused of a, a sexual assault. Then he gets thrown into prison. And the whole time, Joseph is in God's will. God is working. God has a plan and is is total perfection that's going on here with Joseph. Before I read the rest of this story, I want to break away and uh, bring in two more Bible verses. Do you know, freedom 
comes from submitting to the right restraints. And when Joseph was challenged on his purity, he appealed to two things. He said, I work for my master. Potiphar has been very good to me. He's let me do everything. I have access and ability of all authority, obviously, except his wife. And not only that, I also answer to God. He said, I cannot do what is evil in the Lord's sight. And not only that, I want to bring in these two verses here. Proverbs 7, 7. Look what it says up here. I saw among the inexperienced, I noticed among the youths, a young man lacking sense. Solomon tells the story there in Proverbs 7 about a young man walking down the street, walking next to a prostitute's house. He shouldn't have had any business walking in front of her house. And he says he was lacking sense. He was inexperienced. I think the principle for us, looking at Joseph's life, many times we have to go into Potiphar's house. He knew every time he entered that house to do his, the Bible said, household chores, that this woman was going to come throw herself at him, basically seduce him. And he had to be grounded. He had to stand firm in the, in, in the word, in God, so he didn't give in to temptation. I have another scripture up here, 1 Corinthians. It's 1 Corinthians 6.18. It says, flee sexual immorality. For every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Joseph fled sexual immorality. He just, he got out of there. There are some things for us as believers we do not need to be around. Certain things on the computer, certain shows to watch, we flee. We say, this is not for me. This is not for believers. I'm going to leave this situation. And God speaks to you and I, and he tells us to abandon and to flee that type of immorality. And what it does is the problem with sexual immorality, you're not just sinning against someone else. You're also sinning against yourself. This verse goes on that tells us that God created us. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. He has sanctified and set apart us. We were created for God. Why would you unite what the Lord created and gave you a purity with a prostitute? Why would you sell yourself and cheapen yourself into that? Now keep going back here to Genesis 39. Those are a couple of scriptures there. It reminds us how we respond in this immoral culture, this, this uh, impure culture that we have to guard our hearts about allowing us to be corrupted. And we, really, we have to remember internet filters, accountability groups, dating restriction, curfews. They can only go so far. They can only restrain you so much. God wants to create a pure heart. Joseph had a pure heart. Joseph was called to purity. And Christ calls us to purity as well. Last couple of verses here. I want you to see this. This is back in 
Genesis 39, verses 21 through 23. But the Lord was with Joseph. Now we're back in prison. And extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority. So now Joseph is running the prison. You can just see everything Joseph does, the Lord has got his hand upon. The warden has basically handed the keys over to Joseph, says, Joseph, you do this. And he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And the Lord made everything that he did successful. God's presence was with Joseph. The Lord, everything Joseph did, it was successful. The principle for us tonight, God reminds you and I that we are to live a life of complete trust and purity. We let the Lord guide our steps. We flee immorality. We turn to the Lord. We cry out and call out to God so we don't give in to temptation. One of the key things was, it's going to, just like it happened to Joseph, it said one day he was in the house. One day it happens to you. No one ever gets married expecting to commit adultery. No one ever goes into a relationship expecting and planning to cheat on their spouse or their girlfriend or boyfriend. No one wants, no one enters into a commitment or a covenant expecting it to end in disaster. That would make no sense. No one tells someone at the altar how much they love them and how excited they are with full intentions by the end of the day of being with someone different. And God does that the same with us. When you get saved, God wants your heart. God wants your purity so that he's, he has you. Have you given a pure heart to the Lord? For us, it might not be sexual morality like Joseph. Our impurity to God is our desires are, are for something, longing for something other than, than the Lord. The idols of our day, money, our retirement, wealth, things, health, our time, other things that seem to creep and take something away. It's almost like we feel we're robbed if we don't have this. It's a very me-centered culture. And the gospel goes completely against that. God is speaking to you and I. And he's saying, just like Joseph had a pure heart, you also must have the same type of purity. God is calling us to have a clean heart and clean hands. If Joseph can do it, you can do it even if it cost us. And Joseph paid a price, but the Lord was with him. Joseph was faithful in prison and in the palace. 
Wherever you're at, God's calling you to faithfulness. He's calling you to purity. He's calling you to a life that rises above lost people. It's easy to gripe and grumble. It's easy to complain. It's easy to be sucked into our culture today. And Christ is saying, you don't have to. You can be delivered from him. I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to pray for you that God has a great restorative plan for your life. Maybe you have fallen into sexual sin. Maybe you have yielded to temptation. The Lord forgives. The Lord restores. The Lord cleanses your heart. Create in me a pure heart. And God can do it, and he does do it. I want you to give your life, give your heart to Jesus tonight. You pray along with me. You can surrender to Christ tonight. Dear Jesus, I surrender to you. Create in me a clean heart. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, thank you for saving me. Lord, restore my soul. God, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to hear from you. You fill out our connection card. Let us know how we can minister and pray for you. Let us know if you've made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know if you need to receive believers' baptism. If you want to join Broadway Baptist Church, we're here every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night during this unique season of online church. I encourage you to make the best of this situation. It's a time for you to turn to the Lord. I hope to hear from you. Let us know. God bless you.